0: Welcome. This is the one-year Bible reading for January 3rd. We're starting today in Genesis at the beginning of chapter 5. This is the history of the descendants of Adam. When God created people, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and called them human. When Adam was 130 years old, his son Seth was born, and Seth was the very image of his father. After the birth of Seth, Adam lived another 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. He died at the age of 930. When Seth was 105 years old, his son Enosh was born. After the birth of Enosh, Seth lived another 807 years, and he had other sons and daughters. He died at the age of 912. When Enosh was 90 years old, his son Kenan was born. After the birth of Kenan, Enosh lived another 815 years. He had other sons and daughters. He died at the the age of 905. When Kenan was 70 years old, his son Mahalalel was born. After the birth of Mahalalel, Kenan lived another 840 years, and he had other sons and daughters. He died at the age of 910. When Mahalalel was 65 years old, his son Jared was born. After the birth of Jared, Mahalalel lived another 830 years. He had other sons and daughters. He died at the age of 895. When Jared was 162 years old, his son Enoch was born. After the birth of Enoch, Jared lived another 800 years. He had other sons and daughters. He died at the age of 962. When Enoch was 65 years old, his son Methuselah was born. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived another 300 years in close fellowship with God, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years in all. He enjoyed a close relationship with God throughout his life. Then suddenly he disappeared because God took him. When Methuselah was 187 years old, his son Lamech was born. After the birth of Lamech, Methuselah lived another 782 years. He had other sons and daughters. He died at the age of 969. When Lamech was 182 years old, his son Noah was born. Lamech named his son Noah, for he said, He will bring us relief from the painful labor of farming this ground that the Lord has cursed. Noah sounds a lot like the Hebrew term that can mean relief or comfort. After the birth of Noah, Lamech lived 595 years and had other sons and daughters. He died at the age of 777. By the time Noah was 500 years old, he had three sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth. When the human population began to grow rapidly on the earth, the sons of God saw the beautiful women of the human race, and took any they wanted as their wives. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future they will live no more than 120 years. (coughs) In those days, and even afterward, giants lived on the earth. For wherever the sons of God had intercourse with human women, they gave birth to children, who became the heroes mentioned in the legends of old. This is an interesting study, by the way, that I have done. Um, And it's intriguing how in pretty much universally in human cultures, there are uh, um, accounts of these giants or these superhumans. So interesting here, easy to discount as legend. But uh, in fact, we know that the Bible is truth. Now, the Lord observed the extent of the people's wickedness, and he saw that all their thoughts were consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will completely wipe out this human race I have created. Yes, and I will destroy all the animals and birds too. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. This is the history of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless man living on earth at the time. He consistently followed the Lord's will and enjoyed a close relationship with him. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth had become corrupt in God's sight, and it was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, and he saw violence and depravity everywhere. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Yes, I will wipe them all from the face of the earth. Make a boat from resinous wood and seal it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Construct an opening all the way around the boat, 18 inches below the roof. Then put three decks inside the boat, bottom, middle, and upper, and put a door in the side. Look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing. Everything on earth will die. But I solemnly swear to keep you safe in the boat with your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of each kind of bird and each kind of animal. Uh, large and small alike, will come to you to be kept alive. And remember, take enough food for your family and for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Finally, the day came when the Lord said to Noah, Go into the boat with all your family, for among all the people of the earth, I consider you alone to be righteous. Take along seven pairs of each animal that I have approved for eating and for sacrifice, and take one pair of each of the others. Then select seven pairs of every kind of bird. There must be a male and a female in each pair to ensure that every kind of living creature will survive the flood. One week from today, I will begin 40 days and 40 nights of rain, and I will wipe from the earth all the living creatures I have created. So Noah did exactly as the Lord had commanded him. He was 600 years old when the flood came, and he went aboard the boat to escape, he and his wife and his sons and their wives. With them were all the various kinds of animals, those approved for eating and sacrifice and those that were not, along with all the birds and the other small animals. They came into the boat in pairs, male and female, just as God had commanded Noah. One week later, the flood came and covered the earth. When Noah was 600 years old, on the 17th day of the second month... Um, The underground waters burst forth on the earth, and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky. The rain continued to fall for forty days and forty nights. But Noah had gone into the boat that very day with his wife and his sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives. With them in the boat were pairs of every kind of breathing animal, domestic and wild, large and small, along with birds and flying insects of every kind. Two by two, they came into the boat, male and female, just as God had commanded. Then the Lord shut them in. For forty days, the floods prevailed, covering the ground and lifting the boat high above the earth. As the waters rose higher and higher above the ground, the boat floated safely on the surface. Finally, the water covered even the highest mountains on the earth. Standing more than twenty-two feet above the highest peaks, All the living things on earth died. Birds, domestic animals, wild animals, and all kinds of small animals, and all the people. Everything died that breathed and lived on dry land. Every living thing on the earth was wiped out. People, animals, both large and small, and birds. They were all destroyed, and only Noah was left alive, along with those who were with him in the boat. And the water covered the earth for 150 days. Matthew. We're going to read a uh, chapter starting in chapter 3, verse 7, but I did promise to give you the background of Matthew. And the most uh, essential thing, I think, in understanding the Gospels is understanding the audience to which the Gospel writer was writing at the time. And for Matthew, those that is the Jewish people. So he is showing them Jesus as the Messiah King that they have been waiting for. And the description is this, the Old Testament prophets predicted and longed for the coming of the anointed one who would enter history to bring redemption and deliverance. The first verse of Matthew announces that long-awaited event, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Matthew provides the essential bridge between the Old and New Testaments. Through a carefully selected series of Old Testament quotations, and we saw this already in our reading from yesterday, where Matthew shows the fulfillment of specific prophecies. Matthew documents Jesus Christ came to be, claim to be the Messiah. And now we start in chapter 3, verse 7. But when he, John, saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to be baptized, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed, who warned you to flee God's coming judgment. Prove by the way you live that you have really turned from your sins and turned to God. Don't just say we're safe for the descendants of Abraham. That proves nothing. God can change these stones here into children of Abraham. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever your roots. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with water those who turn from their sins and turn to God, but someone is coming soon who is far greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to be his slave. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the grain with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, storing the grain in his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John didn't want to baptize him. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it must be done, because everything we do, we must do everything that is right. So then John baptized him. After his baptism, uh, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son, and I am fully pleased with him. Then Jesus was led out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights he ate nothing and became very hungry. Then the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, change these stones into loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say people need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say he orders his angels to protect you, and they will hold you with their hands to keep you from striking your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, Do not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him the nations of the world in all their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will only kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and angels came and cared for Jesus. Psalm 3, a psalm of David regarding the time David fled from his son Absalom. O Lord, I have so many enemies, so many are against me, so many are saying God will never rescue him. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept, I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies who will surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May your blessings rest on your people. Proverbs 1, verses 10 through 19. My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, come and join us. Let's hide and kill someone. Let's ambush ambush the innocent. Let's swallow them alive as the grave swallows its victims. Though they are in the prime of life, they will go down into the pit of death. And the loot we'll get. We'll fill our houses with all kinds of things. Come on, throw in your lot with us. We'll split our loot with you. Don't go along with them, my child. Stay far away from their paths. They rush to commit crimes. They hurry to commit murder. When a bird sees a trap being set, it stays away. But not these people. They set an ambush for themselves. They booby trap their own lives. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for gain. It ends up robbing them of life. And to end, we are in Selwyn Hughes' Study of the Songs of Ascent's. And today we are looking at the last glimpse of Psalm 120, specifically verses 5 to 7. Woe to me that I dwell in Meshech, that I live among the tents of Kidar. It is interesting, as Eugene Peterson points out, that one of the first words in this psalm is distress, and the last word is war. From start to finish, the psalmist pours out his heart to God concerning concerning the pain he feels at living in a world full of deceitfulness and lying. The reference he makes to Meshach and Kidar is designed to show how uncongenial it was for him to be living with people who acted more like foreigners than friends. The tribe of Meshach lived between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, and Kedar were I- I- Arabian nomads, They typified barbarian society and represented the strange and the hostile. The psalmist is implying that the people in his community treated him more like an outsider than one of themselves. I am a man of peace, he says, but those around me seem to be bent on hostility and combat. Paraphrased, his words might read, I live in the midst of people who behave like barbarians. This complaint is made not simply to give vent to his feelings, but to let his pain motivate him to move from confidence in people to confidence in God. His anguish penetrates his despair and stimulates him to make a new beginning. Renunciation is the prod we need to get us moving. There is nothing joyful about this psalm, but it gets our footsteps started. Having rejected the world and the lies it tells us about life, we turn more readily to the truth. The rejection is also an acceptance, the leaving and arriving, the no to the world, a yes to God. O Father, help us realize that we are called to be pilgrims, not tourists. We are on a path that leads away from the world, one that leads upwards towards you. We renounce all the world's false assumptions to follow the path of truth. Thank you, our Father. Amen. Love you all. Have a beautiful day.